A special thank you to our amazing Patreon.com patrons, Alicia, Terry, and our forever first, Trisha. As patrons, they get early access to our episodes and my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And what is Patreon.com, you might ask? Well, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. And there you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help us out with production costs and things like that. I've appropriately named that level Making It Work. So if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on patreon.com forward slash the workroom podcast. And the link is in the show notes. Thanks so much, Alicia, Trisha, and Terry. You know, my universe is so, it's so black and white, and I want to stay true to myself. It just seems that it's a lost opportunity. In particular, if I'm thinking about investing a million dollars, I want you to have as expansive a customer base as you can have. So this is going to be important in terms of who wins this. Not just this particular fashion show, but who wins the season. dedicated to Project Runway and growing in allegiance to Making the Cut. The jet-setting step family invited to dinner by the legendary Tim Gunn, Heidi Klum, and Naomi Campbell. I am Arinez. And Patricia is joining me in the workroom for the next two episodes. So you'll hear Patricia's voice in a second. Unfortunately, due to some weird technical difficulties, I lost the first five minutes or so of this episode. So I'm adding this in, as we say in the biz, in post. I will say that we did address a really wonderful listener question. Even though I love a redramatization, we will save that question for our next episode. And I promise not to lose that audio. Deborah. But an important part of our intro is to remind you all that we do have a cheat sheet. Check out that link in the show notes. It'll take you to the Tumblr page where those JPEGs live. You can also find a link to our cheat sheet on our Facebook page. And speaking of Facebook, join us on social mediums at facebook.com forward slash the workroom and on Instagram at the workroom podcast. And please keep sending all of your questions, gossip and rants to us at in the workroom at gmail.com. That is I-N-T-H-E workroom at gmail. Our audio drops in right after we discuss how our designers are packing up their bags to jet set from Paris to Tokyo. And it's such a swift head spinning time zoning transition. We find our designers walking the streets of Tokyo preparing to get their next challenge. And I'm bringing up how this is a moment where we learn a bit more about Sabato and how Tokyo played an important role in his early design career. Okay. Here's the rest of the podcast with Patricia Silva. Well, I, actually, I, it, it's kind of nice to have it open with Sabato talking about it being a happy place or a place that um, he had really wonderful memories um, because we briefly see the workroom. They walk in and they do like a little whirl around and I th- and then they leave. They immediately go to meet Tim and Heidi. But I think also bringing it back to what you're mentioning before about Amazon Japan um, we learn later and we'll learn you know in the show later that this is where they do a lot of their photography and styling of products in in Amazon Japan like in the, in the Japan yeah. um, headquarters 
So that's where they're working, I guess. Yeah. And at this moment, I wondered something that I hadn't considered before, which was literally at this moment of the show where I'm like, this is their photo studio. Wow. Mm -hmm. But also, I wonder, I don't know how, I don't know Amazon's business numbers for Japan, but I know that the biggest e-retailer out of Japan is actually a company called Rakuten, and they have like... um, a, a global version called Rakuten Global Market, which mm-hmm. I do sometimes kind of go on for things. Um, but they are actually an Amazon competitor. So oh. I was wondering if this is if this show, if the choice of going to Japan um, is influenced by that and is also kind of Jeff Bezos trying to establish something in Japan for fashion. Um, but which kind of, which is a little bit strange because none of this show does not have any commercials right. because this is commercial. Yeah. I felt like I'm like making the cut is the commercial for Amazon. Right. So that just made me feel <laughs> strange. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no. And I'm not saying I don't like the show anymore. I really like the designers. I'm going to keep watching it. You know, I loved him. But it's a different dynamic. It's a very different kind of organization of um, of this relationship between what we see and what's actually going on. Yeah. I mean, it. I would say that once they made it over to Japan, it started, it definitely started feeling a little bit more like a commercial. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think a part of it I'm, you know, I've been trying to put my finger on it, um, but I think, and we'll we'll get into the dynamics. But I, I I think it's sort of this this pressure or this struggle that the designers are going through as they get deeper into this thing, and they're being asked to do a lot of things that are uh, beyond what they what they expected, but also bringing it back to how a lot of them came into this not really knowing what all the rules were. Um, yeah. and it's be, it's, to me, it's very blatant that their resistance, I, I agree with their resistance. I, I just, I just agree with it, but what they're resisting is a lot of this, I, I think like this very commercial hand that feels a little bit, um, again, it's like kind of not, not mysterious, but just kind of, it's getting heavier as we go through. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, be, so let's start with this because in my, in my notes, when they go meet Tim and Heidi, they're they're walking towards them, and then we cut to Tim and Heidi, and I almost started off my notes being like, "Here's another fake date," but it's not a fake date. It's new. It's not. We're we we get a date later. This is just a promo for. Let's let's look at Tim and Heidi behind the scenes of their of their the challenge scene so we're going to get the challenge scene next but we're going to do the run-up to the challenge scene and we have tim and heidi (laughs) uh wearing their versions of streetwear tim is wearing a pinstripe jumpsuit and heidi is wearing uh mismatching things like just you know a shirt that doesn't necessarily match like it's like a a stripe like a, a peppermint stripe off the shoulder wide wide collar interesting top with some plaid pants and then (laughs) she wants to add to tim's outfit with a bucket hat 
and these white <laughs> shoes that I call Nintendo shoes. I don't know why I call them Nintendo <laughs> shoes. Like, that's just the name I give them. But the ones, those, those thick, thick shoes that Victoria from Moldova would wear all the time. And, and a fanny pack. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just like, this is the most adamant that I've ever seen Tim in any of these little promo things. Because Tim just generally felt like, just like, I, I look silly. This is something that I, it's almost like, they treated Tim like one of the designers, like you're just going to walk into the situation, not really know what the rules are. And Heidi's going to throw at you some stuff and you have to put it on. Like you have to be into it. So I, you know, it was cute. It was a little cute. And then they, they did a little dance at the end, making the fool, making the fool, making the fool. I thought that was, I thought that was really funny. And you know what? I just want to say one thing. The only thing I disagreed with you and Nayland mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is this, is this, I actually really loved the part where they had, a street artist draw or a street portraitist draw them without seeing them. Uh-huh. This is a really good exercise exercise for friends to do. And I was really, I was fascinated by it all. You know uh-huh. why? Because Heidi, Tim described Heidi as like all the qualities that he liked about Heidi. Yeah. Heidi described Tim in like very specific ways that somebody else could draw. Yeah. She and did I a really good so job. She, she was like, oh, um, Tim wears glasses, has white hair, wears a pinstripe suit, has this color tie. And Tim is like, she's wonderful, great <laughs> smile, really lights up the room. You know, it's radiant. It's like, mm, not a description. Yeah, so I really loved that. I thought that was really funny. But this, um, I just saw that as a continuation of like, oh, now we're looking at each other. I'm Tim, here's how I'm going to style you for Japanese street fashion. And I liked seeing him be a good sport. Yeah, yeah. I I really, it's, and I just, I love how genuinely, well, this, maybe this is a little bit about me as well, where I'm like, I just love it that he was so uncomfortable by it. He's like a fanny pack. Oh, and those shoes. <laughs> no. It's like, yeah, put the shoes on, Tim. Put them on. Um, yeah, I, I just... <laughs> just thought it was so cute um and so so but it all it's a, it's an intro it's an intro to this int- this idea of the next challenge which is mm-hmm. the designers will do what they've always been doing which is make a collection of, of two looks but since they're in japan and they're um in harajuku the um harajuku will be the source of inspiration and harajuku is is very well known worldwide for um, for streetwear, I w- and I would say, um, like just kind of leading the aesthetic for what we would think of when we think of Japanese streetwear, we would think of <laughs> Harajuku, uh, and then that's I would say what they are implying with this challenge. So they're going to make two looks, and one's going to be, of course, accessible, and then the other one is going to be a runway showstopper look. And um, they are told to walk around Harajuku and find a muse, someone that they can look at and be inspired by. And um, what, the, what what I love about this is how their examples of Japanese street streetwear was just very much like this throwback '90s thing that's happening right now. Just a lot of colors and a lot of mixtures of textures and and people from all over the world. You know, it was just very very. Um, I would say kind of different from exactly what they actually see on the street, but um, you know, just still just wonderful 
uh, stock photos of what you would think is just normal streetwear from the 90s. A lot of Gen Zers in these pictures, I would say. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, so another thing that they get to do for this is they get to make their own fabric. So Tim is encouraging this this time as opposed to our Project Runway uh, friends from last season. Tim is encouraging them to use their brands and to implement their logos somewhere on the fabric. And it's an option. So they don't have to necessarily make their fabric, but they're encouraged to do that and basically go ham, putting their names over everything. And then the winner will get to make a limited edition co-branded collection with Patricia. Let's both say it at the same time, like Heidi and Tim did. Okay, let's did. do it like one, one two, two, three. three. Pilla! <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I feel like they're a little jet lagged because their reactions were a little subdued, I'll say. Because I'm like, maybe they're jet lagged. They're also a little freaked out and maybe a little terrified. Um, but this is the first time where they're actually going to be able to collaborate with another global brand or, or a brand that's very much global and very much in streetwear, of course. And um, yeah, I don't know. What, you th- what were your thoughts on this? Um, not too many. Just kind of standard. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I would say G1 is someone that I looked at right when they said Puma because she's already done a collaboration with Adidas. And I was like, huh, is she excited about this? And she wasn't. She was just like she was clapping like a little a little tiny bit. And, and when I think about being freaked out and terrified and jet lagged, she was basically the one that I was thinking about the most. I'm like, hmm, G1 is not jumping up and down enough for this for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder know. what else is going on. Um so, so yeah, so their fashion show is gonna be where they are because they're meeting in this really beautiful looking amphitheater that's in like a in middle middle of this very urban setting. And to get there they walked up these or walked down these crazy mirrored escalators. And um so that's gonna be the dazzling sight of their of their uh, fashion show for this episode. Um, So they're unleashed onto Harajuku and that's the name of the district, right? I actually didn't look this up to confirm it. Yes, yes. It's a district. Yes. Okay, great. So they're walking around Harajuku and I want to point out Johnny who didn't really go that far, just took some pictures in that courtyard and instantly uploaded it to whatever program that they used to make the fabric and was like, yeah, I just designed like, the sickest fabric yeah <laughs> and I was like you took two steps and then we have Sabato who's like wandering around trying to talk to people and Renat who's like taking photos all over the place and everyone's like left and then Johnny's like yeah this courtyard is an inspiration that flower that's like two inches from my thumb that's my print oh my god yes pink like all right um but yeah, but everyone else is sort of, they kind of branch out and we have Sabato who is strolling and asking and trying to speak English with people on the street that I think he finds interesting um, and trying to find his muse and actually runs into a friend, someone that yeah. he already knew 
from from Paris and from Paris. Yeah. And he was already speaking with someone. So we it's it's like there was a shot to him and it was already I think he found someone who spoke French and he was speaking French with this person and getting to know them. Um I would love to know what the conversation was like and also like when Sabato wanders <laughs> off and meets <laughs> and makes friends with strangers. Um and then this other person came up because you know, we're already getting a little bit of um, I would say foreshadowing and, and a little bit of, a, I don't know, what do you call it? Like, kind of, well, we know that Sabato is struggling because yeah. once he hears that the the challenge is streetwear, Sabato is like, well, you know, mine is Italian streetwear, but maybe not Japanese streetwear. And what do I do? So when he ran into yeah. this person he knew, I was so relieved. I'm like, well, just look at what they're wearing. Take a picture of this and just make that. Just do something yeah. based off of this. This is your friend. They're in Harjuku and they're wearing clothes on the street. This is good. <laughs> so. um, and we have a and, and I'm sure I'm sure Milan has a district where people wear wacky clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, not wacky clothes, but where, where people wear kind of like um, a mishmash of styles. Right? right, where people really respect that and do that. I mean, every city has some area like that. So I was really disappointed to see Sabato just not even try. Yeah. I mean, and I, again. At this point. At this point. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and it's kind of like, then we see we're not. I think we're not, and Sabato, and, and Sabato were, were really nice um, contrasts to each other. Because for for Renat, Renat was really drawn to Japanese construction workers and really taking advantage of walking around the district, taking photos of what people were actually wearing. And this idea that, well, this word that kept using was anti-fashion, which I I really enjoyed hearing that because in a way, I, I have a very limited, I have a very limited experience with Harajuku. Unfortunately, the first time I ever heard that word was because of um, Gwen Stefani. I don't know if you know. Oh, <laughs> very, I remember that. Yeah, I love that song. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's like very, very, very limited. But this idea of a style or even what streetwear is as a genre, I can see can be very const- restricting and constricting. And, but... Um, and also thinking of Harajuku as a, as a place that's very colorful and um, full of expression. I liked the way <laughs> Renat was going through and being very open and just 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 seeing how things were going um, as opposed to, mm-hmm. to Sabato, who was who felt very, very limited from the very beginning. Yeah, but I didn't like hearing Renat say, oh, it's so anti-style. I, I was sort mm-hmm. of like, what? Look at it. It's so styled. Yeah. It's just not it's just not a mainstream style. It's just it's a style that's more demanding. That it it's a style that has a more demanding um um what's the I'm looking for a word like a more demanding visual script. Okay. So you have to like really pay attention and pull for references. It's not it's not a you know, it's not something you can just think you know. Right. And that's what I like about Harajuku is like assumptions go out the window, especially for me. I've never been to Japan. I've never been there. I've only I only know that visual culture from a book called Fruits that came out um, at some point while I when I was in photo school. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I just love that kind of, um, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say global, but kind of a very open, global, culture-jamming, hmm. visual um, language that is about just making new language yeah. with your expression. So I'm completely delighted by that. I wish I could do that. I wish I was good at doing that with clothes. So for me to see Renat point and say, oh, people look so anti-fashion. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is the fashion. Yeah, yeah. So I think that all the deceptively simple stuff, um, I don't think Renat was looking kind of um, a little deeper than I think she could have or, or maybe um, or maybe – Maybe it wasn't needed, but that's what I thought yeah. at this point. I mean, because I guess that's also why I found comfort in in it, and and not thinking of anti-fascist something that is limiting or not conf- not recognizable. And I think that's what mm-hmm. I found comforting in in it that she was seeing it as something that is open, and there are lots of possibilities. Cannot be codified in any particular way. And I, I I saw freedom in the use of that word. <laughs> and I think and maybe in particularly for for Renat, because I, you know, I think I think Renat's kind of flown beneath the radar a little bit. And I was I've, I've not really been that interested or drawn to a lot of what they've made so far. And so I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad that if this is something that floats your boat, if you like seeing a bunch of people wearing whatever they want. And that's, I think, your idea of what this anti-fashion means. Like, this is what they want to do. And they're just doing it. So yeah. hopefully this this will spark you into making something interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Okay, so then, and, and so we have Renat and Sabato on the street and also Johnny. And then we have the, we have G... Megan and Esther at the Kauai Monster Cafe. And I call the Kauai Monster Cafe Esther's Hell on Earth. So it's like <laughs> black, the color black exploded. And now all of the colors contained in black are just splattered all over the place in no particular order. Um, I did look up this cafe, but it, because I, I recognize it, I recognize it in terms of the images that are coming off of it, but I just want to kind of get an idea of what is this thing actually but also I don't know it I think Esther here was being a really good sport it's this really um kind of like kawaii and I and the word kawaii jumps out to me because I think that's um, something that in terms of the aesthetic it's very cute and um, like this very very cute cutesy sweet aesthetic and then the kawaii monster cafe like there's this a little bit of a twist to it as being a little not sinister but a little little naughty there's like some sexualizing components to there but it's also it's like this you know kind of this cute little world that's kind of kind of rotated a little bit so it's not for kids i don't think i don't think it kind of no, like appears no, for no. kids but it's definitely not for kids you get to drink there and like hang out and there are all these um these stage shows and whatever and so we find um, G1, Megan, and Esther taking photos, and G, G, G and Megan are sort of off in the corner. This is also probably <laughs> uh, editing, but they're off in the corner, and G1's like, oh my god, this is exactly what I expected when I thought of Japan. This is so Japanese. 
And then you have Esther over there being like, oh, I'm just taking all these colorful pictures. And then let me desaturate <laughs> it now. I'm taking out all the color now. It's like Esther is sort of like dying on the inside, it looks like. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's essentially what 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 is like G1 and Megan are. Well, I would say G is pretty much the one who's like, yeah, I'm going to take this very cutesy aesthetic and incorporate a little bit of this youthfulness that she's seeing here. And then Esther, all of her pictures, she's desaturating them. And like, I'm turning them into my black and white worlds, you know, <laughs> forget it. My universe, my black universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so let's, let's also kind of like jump to the next part, which is an amalgamation of what this middle part is. So everyone spends the same roughly the same amount of time like in their inspiration and sketching and going places and then um then we get to go to the fabric store slash workroom so um we have sabato johnny and esther who are looking through stuff and sabato i want to point out because he gags over this fabric <laughs> that he's found and it's yeah. he buys nine meters, nine yeah. meters of this fabric. And again, like thinking of Deborah's question, I was like, whoa, what's the budget? Like how, how much was that? But he's it's it's so incredible to him and he's so excited about it. And it's off from the, the colors that he usually buys, you know, a.k.a. black. And then we also have Esther who is sort of the opposite. And she's like, look, I have my brand and it works. I know this. I know they, they made me go to that, that monster thing because they want me to do color, but I'm not going to do it. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. So, and then we have opposed to Esther. We have Renat who is mixing, mixing colors and textures. Um, although like, you know, Renat's done color in the past, but nothing where you just kind of combine these um, these patterns together. And so it seems as Renat's going off of their inspiration of seeing a lot of people or seeing like the people that she was drawn to uh, using lots of textures and stripes and, and patterns all mixed together. So, yeah, um, time for them to get to work. Also, time for another fake date with Tim and Heidi. <laughs> I was hoping you, <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to get there. <laughs> I was, I was kind of delaying that. I was like, okay, I have my notes. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, the, in my outline, I have my fabric store and then fish market. Yeah. All right. So, so, so you love this or did you like it? Or I'm, I'm, you know I what? I, um, I'm sure everybody thinks it's corny. I just love looking at like <laughs> Tim being Tim and I, my favorite kind of shopping is actually food shopping. Like, even if I don't eat stuff, I like to go look at it. So I was completely like, wow, wow, the whole time. <laughs> because that would be me. I'd be talking to someone and be and, and say, look, blowfish over your shoulder. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> that really was what it was like. It's like Heidi is, you know, seeing squirrels. Like, squirrel, look at that. Oh, no, Tim, look at this. And because... Uh, we find out that Tim does not like uni. Tim doesn't know the past participle of the word of the, the verb to dive. And um, Tim also kind of doesn't know his lines because like they're walking in. It's like, this is what we're going to do today. We're in the fish market. And like Heidi is like 
I'm so, okay. You know, and I, I know I poo poo over these segments, but I have to say that Heidi Klum is such, is so good at delivering these lines and is so good and natural at these very, very staged moments. I, she's, she's amazing. She's incredible. And, but one of the things she does that kind of freaked me out, especially in this, um, you know, because these are pre COVID activities, like she picks up an oyster and kind mm. of fake slobbers all over. She's like, oh, what is this? And then she puts it back yeah. and then Tim looks that mortified at it. And I was like, whoa. And she goes, blowfish. And I was like, wait a second. Your, <laughs> your germs are all over that oyster. I know. That was really <laughs> gross. I know. I was like, I'm sure they paid for I hope they paid for that. You I know, hope they did. tossed it. Because, I mean, Tim, Tim most likely did. Like, Tim, Tim's face was hilarious. So, like, you saw that. We all saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Heidi gets her hands on a cleaver. I think we like to believe, I mean, I I think they get along, right? But it's fun to see them out and about. And what I do like, I like how just off the rocket Heidi is on this show. I mean, she screams at the television. He doesn't know. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. That's hilarious. (laughs) But I, I like this kind of resistance to being kind of miscongeniality on television. Yeah. You know? Like Yeah, and yeah. I and I think a part of that is they they really do love each other. They really do. And I and I you know, and and I've I've loved all of their zany videos that they put on Instagram, you know, when they were teasing us about the show for the past two years, you know, when Tim's in his robe and then Heidi's in her robe and they're in some mysterious hotel in some part of the world. And it's like, Hey guys, look, we're, we were putting a show together. I'm just like, Oh, look at you two. Like, of course you would be in your robes together, just hanging out. It just looks, you know, it looks natural. Um, but I, I just think these fake dates are okay. I'll, I will say I like these fake dates better than the ones in Paris, but I would also say the fencing fake date so far has been my most favorite. Yes, um, sure. yeah, that was super fun. It's so amazing. The fish market, fun, they're getting better. <laughs> so, all right, so okay, I think this is a part where we do where I want to bring up some thing that's lacking as opposed uh, yeah what that's lacking from from going from project runway to to here is that we go back to the their workroom and they're picking up their prints so we didn't really get to see them design these prints we saw johnny and that's it i don't mm-hmm. you know they, but by the time we get back to their workroom they've got their fabrics all printed out and they're done. And so we get to see a reveal and, 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 you know, Megan has her really strong print. And then uh, Sander has this spray painting looking thing. But I, I really, I almost like, I I like almost all of their prints, but I really did not like that part of the process being hidden from us. (laughs) So, yeah, I was like, Oh, they could make prints. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it did that remind you? Did you even remember that? Because it's almost no. Yeah, it's like no. it wasn't a, a big deal at all, uh, which I kind of like and I don't like at the same time. But I, I really don't like them taking that for granted. I, I want to see. I wanted to see the whole like, oh, look at the print that I got and I liked it or I didn't like it, because the only yeah. person that who we did get to see design their print was Johnny. It. Yeah. 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 
And I'm like, I don't know how you felt about this, but I, th- I thought it was a little exasperating because it looked exactly the way we saw it. Like the way yeah, it I was, was. Yeah, go ahead. I was surprised that he went from such a sick print to, I hate this. I have to redesign around it, you know, yeah. um, because it, it was exactly what, what, what he saw is what he got. Right. The same. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, I, I get it. There's a lot of pressure. Everyone's tired. Everyone really wants to work with Puma. Um, yeah. So yeah. 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 Um, so we have this, this time on day one, they get two full days and this period of time in the workroom is mostly them cutting up and getting their things ready for their tech packs. We don't have any blatant tech pack drama to go over. Um, Mm -hmm. It looks as if mainly everyone is doing okay. Sander is making an acne shirt. So that's promising. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sabato is still repeating his mantra. This is challenging i am not a streetwear designer i'm like okay all right we get it sabato you're struggling um yeah. people are smoking now <laughs> so, yeah 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 smoking in isolation yeah. like <laughs> you know it's it's pretty tough so i mean let's okay so we we come to the end of day one and we open on day two and they're so tired and it, it this type of tiredness makes me ache a little bit. It's just sort of like watching the Project Runway designers get up before the sun rises. I, I'm just like, oh, this is really, really tough to look at. Um, and then they, you know, they get back to their workroom. And the first thing they do, of course, is they grab their tech packs. And um, I have to say, it is disconcerting. <laughs> that these people are invisible and it's it's kind of like even more disconcerting now because there's all this drama at the end of okay the only drama is sabato that's the only drama we're getting because sabato is struggling and so we get their tech packs back and sabato does the cutest happy dance when he opens his tech pack and it's like christmas morning and it's like are you going to get a piece of coal because you're bad or Uh are you going to get like that tea set that you didn't like it did you didn't ask for and so you're kind of like meh about it or are you going to get a bike and so it looks like sabato got a bike and so it's yes. like doing this like happy dance like oh my god yes <laughs> and um and so but he pulls out of the tech pack the black dress so i'm like i didn't see you get black fabric where is the fabric that you bought yeah. nine meters of which is yeah. fascinating to me that nothing's been done with it I don't know. Did you did you have any thoughts on this? Because I'm, you know, I'm holding back the psychoanalyzing on this. You know what? I'm really tired of hearing Sabato say this litany of um, simple, clean, pure. It's like, okay, that's the same thing over and over and over. And by the way, Donna Karen already like has that cornered. Not that, <laughs> not that, not that Sabato can't do something in addition to that. Right. But it's sort of like, what are you adding to that? And so here I'm just like, okay, Sabato, I know you're struggling, but just try. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. It's frustrating for me to see someone not try. Like even if it, if, even if it's terrible, 
try. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, and, and I, you know, I'm looking at people around the room and we have Renat who is, I, I, and I made a note about this in my, in my notes, but right before the end of the day, when they're doing their like, Ooh, T minus two hours to tech pack pickup time. Um, Rob was cutting out the wackiest, most amazing looking pattern. And I have no idea what that was. It didn't look like anything. It probably was this really intricate, um, you know, weird shape that, that they were, you know, putting together. But I, it was, it was really wonderful seeing it. It didn't look like a normal sleeve. It didn't look like a normal or like a pattern to a skirt or a pant or anything. I was like, I don't know what that is. And then to see what the this the you know the sewers had done um i'm not really sure how a lot of these patterns fit together but it was still kind of exciting um and it and a lot of people were relieved because they are pushing themselves and renat is is someone who is trying to do something a little bit different and also has some anxiety around like what what what's going to be in my my tech pack and the same thing with esther and everyone else and then it's kind of like um sabato who was so happy about this dress it looks normal for for him it's not yeah really pushed and i think for sabato i don't know whether or not this is exactly what it is but i feel like for sabato the streetwear portion of it is a hood and that's like the most Big sporty deal. thing. Yeah. 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 I'm like, it's yeah. not enough. I don't think it's enough. Right. So let's get to Tim time. Do you have anything else to say or anything about that? No. Nope. Tech pack opening moment. No, no. So thank you. Sowers did a great job. Sabato's happy. <laughs> I know. We're not happy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, so Tim comes in and immediately goes whoa I feel like I've just walked through a fabric shipwreck and <laughs> it does I like, love that I love that yeah it's like and also how much does that fabric on the floor cost can we get can we get a cost for that like what <laughs> it was it was like there's fabric everywhere Tim does not approve and um but first first uh he goes to G1 who is near tears? Um, already has been looking a little subdued and a little, little down and tired. Um, and I, I would say that so so Jiwon describes what she's doing, where she's um, working on her runway look and um, doing these like snap off pants and a matching snap off sweatshirt. And um, a tra- and, and also a, a robe based off of a traditional uh, Korean garment, and also putting her name in Korean to make it very graphic. Um, all over it. So so her prints, we get to see it. Is her name in in Korean? Um, and so she's you know making it a more visual object and not necessarily, you know, like alf- alphabetic writing, um, which I think is so smart. <laughs> to make your name into a graphic if you're able to but um yeah I don't know I just I just kind of got from this that there's something up with G and yeah yeah I loved this print yeah I loved it I thought it was just colorful it was really I, I as a print I really really liked it and I thought it was so right for the challenge just just the print alone encapsulated the or just 
the whole goal of this challenge streetwear so i thought i was so excited at this point i was like gee it looks beautiful i can't yeah. wait to see what you make <laughs> yeah, I, just, I love the combinations of colors and and i and i think a, a part of why i was a little surprised at how down she is is because she, this is something that she's done before but also mm-hmm. at the same time it's like well maybe this is also the competitive nature coming out of g <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. it, it doesn't really matter that she's done this before and or maybe that is putting up that is causing a lot of pressure um this type of collaboration as well and plus you know hasn't really been at the top for the past couple of episodes anyway but i'm just like you know she's emotional she's having a hard day yeah yeah and again i don't know like i think they must be feeling so much pressure mm. because i agree with you in mayland i think well, actually, if I understood you correctly, or at least what I thought, I didn't think anybody was slacking. I thought they were mm-hmm. overwhelmed, stressed, and yeah, I didn't think that in, in the last or two challenges ago when Tim said, oh, I think they're they're sitting on their laurels a bit. Let, let's wake them up. Mm-hmm. I thought clearly people are stressed, and I think G is still, to me, that's what it seems like when I look at the show is that you know a few minutes before this we hear johnny say something like if i've learned anything from being here it's it's not um oh i forget now what the exact quote is um it's not oh it will come back to me but you have these two different very different reactions to how this whole world is operating Hmm. which is g is visibly stressed and johnny already has a strategy oh yeah johnny (laughs) it's like Man, I and, and it's like it. This is something that is fascinating to me as someone who is a recovering competitive freak. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, I I can clock the ones who um are just I don't know. It's it's yeah. So it's like Johnny is like right now is a good competitive student and is doing the good competitive student type type deal, and I think mm-hmm. Jiwon is. Also a good competitive student, but yeah, just sort of, I think she's, you know, I'm not, you know, let me not. If I were in their place, I would honestly be freaked out by the switch up of so many rules. And especially if I like rules and if you give me the rules, just hypothetically speaking, I don't always like rules, but yeah, whatever. Like if you give me the rules and I, and I find comfort in that and I can play by those rules and I'm doing good when the rules are clear. When you change mm-hmm. it up a little bit, it makes me feel very, very unsure. Not of yeah. just myself, but just like what next? And that's it's a yeah. whole set of of issues. So Jiwon, who ought to be set up for this, like you know, if this if this were next in fashion on Netflix, they would have called her out specifically, being like, Jiwon, you were the one who did the Adidas collaboration, so we got our eyes on you. And I think for her, she went like, Oh my gosh, they noticed me. They know that I've accomplish this and this is a you know something to be seen as a strength for me but um i don't yeah. know i will i would like to get inside her head um about about that one yeah yeah all right so we can go to sander and um, megan megan nope. oh shoot did i miss megan okay uh, yes. tim starts with g and then goes to Oh, no, you're right. I oh. think it's Sander. Okay, no, you're good. right. It's Sander. Yeah. My apology. My apology. I didn't really say much with Megan, um, but 
with Sander, what I love about Sander is that, that Tim can't tell which look is accessible. He's like, which one? Which which right. is the accessible one? <laughs> right, right. Um, but I, I was incredibly excited by this. Me too, <laughs> me too. So far. I um, love Sander's energy. Oh, I love it. I just, I really, really, really liked it a lot. Uh, not much to say, but what he's, what, what Sander's working on is also Japanese inspired doing a kimono jacket, but with a sunken top. If you can visualize yeah. that, I just, I just kind of yeah. like that idea. Um, and then we have Megan and then we get to see her print. It's great. It's beautiful. I and and it. Tim acknowledges and says, I think you have a print designer in you. Yeah. That kind of, that was great. Yeah. I like Megan. Um, next we have Esther. So I love Esther sketches. Did you see those? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were really funny. They're kind of very utilitarian and kind of, you know, uh, if you, if you imagine like a hood or something and they're, there are those rubber gloves you put your hands through or if you're, you know, like taking care of animals and you put your hands through and then your hands come out because they're, it's like this very block kind of paper doll type way of sketching. Yeah. Um, I really liked it a lot, but so she's making really cool clothes. Like she's, she is on, she's on the challenge. It looks great. But Tim is like, where's the color? You, you you have you have an opportunity to to design in color, and I don't know. I it, it it's this is sort of the first I would say um, grand scheme talk that we've had from Tim, because Tim brings up so the you know I'm giving you this feedback about color not simply for you to win this challenge but to put you in a place where I think you can be to win this entire competition yeah <laughs> um you have to show some range so and that's and I would say that colored a lot of the talks or or, or a lot of the talks that we saw today with Tim is that Tim is trying to bring it into a larger perspective of beyond this because they're in the thick of it so taking you outside of just this day-to-day of you surviving through to the end, let's think about the end. Let's think about what if. So, and this is where, because I suspected this, I'm like, how did Esther end up at the Kauai Monster Cafe? It sounds like the producers shoved her in there. They're like, gee, Megan, you're going to go. They're just like, yeah. And I'm like, Esther, you're going to. And she's like, what? I would like to roam the streets where people are all wearing black. And she's like, nope. No, you're going to go in the Kauai Monster Cafe. And so they all, it's almost like everyone on production knows that Esther saw color today. So, <laughs> so if you, if you make Esther look at color, you give her a phone to photograph it. Do you know that the phone has the ability to desaturate those photos? And that's what Esther's going to do. <laughs> Esther's going to Esther. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, then we have Renat. And. Um, let's see. So she has this like, it looks like camo fabric or something. Um, and what's interesting here is that um, we're not to make this, um, this jacket and it's only faced with interfacing right now. So there's no lining to it. And Tim does a 10 times a million. 
so Renat's like, yeah, look at this coat. I think I'm going to face it with the same fabric. And yeah. then Tim's like, uh, I think Don't. you should face it with a different kind of fabric. And Renat asks, I agreed. which fabric? And Tim's like, you're the designer. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. choose. Do more. I love this. <laughs> me too. Me too. It felt like, okay, for me, this is what sports looks like. <laughs> That's not Tim. What do you mean? Like, like watching Tim... It, it was weird. Maybe maybe it is because I haven't watched sports, but watching this back and forth between Tim and Renat, where I was like, Renat's like, hey, so Tim, tell me what to do. And Tim's like, nope, I'm not going to yeah. tell you what to do. I'm going to steer you and I'm going to pull a teacher on you. It it just, yeah. it felt, it felt like this really nice. I don't know what that means, but it felt like sports. It was, it was great to watch. Hmm. So I don't know what that means. Oh no. I'll, I'll think about it later. And I'll, you know ruminate it um a little bit off podcast all right so next we have johnny time and we we get to see johnny's print uh johnny hates the print and so instead of redesigning the print like he said he was going to be because you don't have time for that he's putting this black organza over it to kind of dull it down and and also makes an a another japanese reference outfit another kimono and if we all remember uh johnny's first attempt at a kimono for the couture challenge Mm. it didn't really go over that well and it's not going over well now tim looks at what johnny is making and points at him and goes you head to toe look so much cooler than what's on your mannequin right now and then he goes johnny you could be a billion dollar brand and i was like what's happening right now Whoa. Um, does Tim have favorites? But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just trying to remind people of the big picture. Hmm. Tim. I think Tim is trying to remind people of the big picture because he's seeing people kind of get in their heads, starting with G. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. I don't know. Okay. I just was like, we hear millions from Heidi and then we hear billions from Tim. I feel like that's a that's kind of a big deal for Tim to kind of be like, look, I've seen you, we recruited you, and this is where you could be. It also made me think, you know, in the in in competition brain, um, yeah. is Johnny considered a front runner also? And I didn't know this. Like, is you know, so I'm just kind of wondering about a lot of that. Next, we have Sabato, yeah. who is our. Uh, uh, is struggling, struggling, and um, Tim goes and says, like, you know, if if anyone in this room were the opposite of streetwear, it would be you. Mm-hmm. How are you mm-hmm. doing, Sabato? And I just, I just, I like this too. You know, I love empathy, <laughs> and I love like awareness. Anyway, so Sabato is like, yeah, you know, I, I, I was walking about, and in this gigantic city i ran into a longtime friend and i love the way he was dressed and he's i realized after seeing him that streetwear can also be avant-garde kind of how i like to design and um yeah i you know in, in my in my notes i was i think it was you know i i wonder if this is what shade is so i describe the fabric that 
he bought nine meters of as his significant other. I'm like, just Sabato wants to marry that fabric. <laughs> Sabato loves it so much. Just so in love with it. And so finally, Sabato has sort of uh, sewn something and Tim loves it. Tim calls it a revelation and is like that. This looks like a risk taking woman who doesn't give a shit. It made Tim curse. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen Tim. Well, no, he has cursed when he's really, really angry. But this is the first time I've he's done that on this season of the show. But he had a very strong reaction to it, and I was surprised. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would say Tim did not like the black corresponding piece, and yeah, did and saw it as not being a you know not risky or or exciting or anything like that. And and of course this 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 throws Sabato off. Um, I I think it's very, very curious. I'm curious as to why Sabato didn't start with this fabric that he loved so much. And then I think having Tim reinforce it as a really great textile. I don't know. I was kind of. This was so frustrating for me to watch. I have to say, because I'm like, God, Sabato. Oh, my God. Because, again, what I'm getting from this scene is Tim comes in, asks a question. Tim is in the role of the mentor. Mm-hmm. And Sabatu is, oh, Harajaku is avant-garde. My, I saw my friend. He is super avant-garde. Okay, I don't know who that friend is, but that person did not look – just looked like pretty regular, cool, nice. Pretty you know? normal for that district. Yeah. So, um, so but Sabato is talking to Tim – and says, oh, uh, uh, Arajaku is avant-garde. I'm going to follow my heart. What the heck does that even mean? <laughs> like, you, you, there's an assignment here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to make clothes in response to an environment you were just in. It's open-ended. And I think that for Sabato, if something doesn't fit in the box of what he what Sabato thinks fashion should look like mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do. And this is uh, unfortunate, of course, but also um, very frustrating. Yeah, I think frustrating is a good word for that. I just, I, you know, and I, I, I relate to Sabato <laughs> in some aspects of that. And that's also why I'm, I'm very curious as to why he didn't start in this other fabric and and it's like he's talked himself out of doing something that is a that is risky but also could be fun i mean him being so happy and having that strong of a, of a reaction to it it's 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 you know yeah i i to me it's a, it's almost it's very heartbreaking <laughs> in a way because i'm just like oh you know, you had two days and this is the the most different type of fabric that you've ever bought, yet you bought nine meters of it because you love it. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think having, so so Tim, you know, says like, I, I don't think this black is, it's very you, but it's not, it is so normal, Sabato. I think you are turning a corner and I'm very interested in seeing where you go with this. And for Sabato to just kind of talk himself out of using something that he really, really loved, I just, I just, ugh, it was, ugh, it was hard. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why 
um, wallowing in self-pity was preferable hmm. to trying something new. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing for us to have these doubts in our studio. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to go on television in a show that's literally about defending your brand. <laughs> but, yeah. but still, I thought, oh, my God, like, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Cut that fabric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry to conjure up Martha again, but it's like, I think back that moment when he kind of slid over to her work table and was like, just cut it here. Look, and she's like, I, don't, I can't, I can't cut yeah. it. He's like, no, look at this. Look, you just pin the fabric and you cut it here. And it's like, just do it. Just do it. Um, all right. So Tim leaves with four hours before tech pack pickup time. And, you know, I, we closed the day with them being, really 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 exhausted but I I wrote in my notes something about Esther who is you know she's pinning her fabric and we're getting a lot of close-ups on her hands and I'm not you know again like these editors know what they're doing but it was very very obvious that Esther accessorizes the shit out of herself in a really really cool way I love everything that she's ever worn I love everything yeah. she's ever made, except for that first dress that won. Um, everything else I really, really loved. And in my head, I was just like, what could be a way of, of getting through to Esther, you know, how you could use color and still remain true to yourself? And to me, it was just so obvious that she accents her clothes with golds and silvers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this mm -hmm. is a color that she could introduce and still be very, very close to her brand because I agree with her. She's like, I know my brand. I'm not here to compromise. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, agreed, agreed. So, mm -hmm. but also thinking in how you could lean towards being a little bit more expansive and also something that's a little bit more, uh, I would say eye catching on a digital, in a digital space because she's only been online for six months. I think, you know, just kind of recalling um, her question or her answer to Naomi because Naomi was like, oh, do you sell your clothes? How are you doing it on there? All the way down there, you live, you know. So she has she has an um an online store, but it's only been up for six months, so we don't really know how versed she is with with digital advertising or e marketing. And I'm just like, man, the way you treat yourself, you you could do that to your garments. And there's all of these close ups of these amazing rings and and bracelets on her her hands. I'm like, oh my god, this. Look at your hands, Esther. Just look at your hands. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get our tech pack pickup drama, we have our model fittings. And the only thing I'm going to bring up here is that this is where Sabato officially uh, scraps his striped dress, the, the, yeah. his significant other, the, the, yeah. the, the fabric that he would want to be buried with or, or like roll around and, you know, in, in, in anywhere, like he would take this fabric with him to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the universe. He scraps it. So I don't know what you thought about this outfit. I didn't like what he made, but I, I also feel like that was sort of like a, a, an unconscious thing that he did. Like he made something that he didn't like out of this fabric. Yeah, I agree. I think that 
had Sabato spent more time thinking about um, how to integrate like what I would just call kind of a, a culture jam kind of idea mm-hmm. into a design in a subtle way, he could have done what Esther was doing, which yeah. is get inspiration from something and articulate some kind of juxtaposition or some kind of elemental relationship that evokes that. Sabato is just kind of literally, uh, oh, <laughs> walking around hunching with waving hands in the air, like, feel sorry for me, blah, 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 sayonara. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's really frustrating. To me, I'm like, oh, God, I, I don't like this effortless genius kind of attitude ever. I don't like it in anything. And I'm wondering if this is the story with Sabato. Is this kind of, oh, creativity has to come to me, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I don't want to sound like, like creativity is easy for me, it's not. But I often think that um, doing something is better than doing nothing. I agree. As an experiment, as an experiment, you know, that's where the lessons are to be learned. So to deny oneself of that is to deny knowing or figuring out knowing what to do. Mm. And that's all I saw Sabato do is denying doing something in order to figure out what to do. Frustrating. Really frustrating. Yeah. Maybe because maybe because when I do that to myself I'm frustrated too. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the more you describe it, the more frustrating it is. I was, I was like Sorry, oh. sorry. No, no, that means it's a good dis- to- No, it's a good description. <laughs> it's a good successful description. <laughs> <laughs> Of Sabato's conundrum and his I don't to stress you out or process. stress the listeners out with my frustration about no, this I mean, whole it, approach. But it's know. like, it's kind of, you know, it, this is sort of the point of the competition where a lot of people are feeling the pressure. And a part of that is because they're getting cooked. They're getting cooked by the production. You know, they lost a bunch of people in Paris and then they had to pick up and leave to a, a like five different time zones away in Tokyo. And then they're working automatically, not automatically. Oh my gosh, words. They're working immediately um, Mm -hmm. on something else with crazy stakes. So not only do they have to do a challenge that they're familiar with. So at least they have that down, but not only are they in a different country, but they're going to, you know, they're going to collaborate with Puma and it's a lot. And we are seeing a little bit of that come into play with Sabato and, and even more so than with anyone else, it's like you are, you've been doing this for a really long time. You're a seasoned designer. You've been under pressure. And um, it's, 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 this is a way perhaps of coping. But I think that's also why it's so frustrating because I'm like, you can do it. We've seen you pull it together in seven hours. Yeah. You could do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, for the runway yeah so we so it's we're on runway day and um i just have to point out tech pack drama so we did have some tech pack drama because johnny gave oh, his sewer my. an entire garment from beginning to end to do and in my head i'm like why can't you do that isn't that what the sewers are for but mm. apparently they figured out that's not what you do you give them like maybe like a section and so they're doing a lot of sewing and oh, wow. Johnny gave them a, 
an organza hoodie to make and came back the next day and it was in pieces. So, so Johnny uh, so it didn't finish. And, uh, yeah, so we're not at the very last minute with 20 minutes to go. So's on, on some sleeves for Johnny. So that's, that's just the tech pack drama. Yeah. That also gives a little bit of insight as to how this has been working. Um, okay. All right. Now ready for the runway. Yes. Yay. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right. So excited about this. So listeners, again, our cheat sheet is available in, so it's on Tumblr and you can get that via the link in the show notes. It's also on the Facebook page. If you um, are on our Facebook page and it's in runway order. And of course let's, let's uh, remind you all that they had to make two looks. So each designer comes up in twos, an accessible look and a runway look. I didn't label, I do not label what, what is runway and what is accessible because sometimes it's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> and then both are, are just kind of fun to look at anyway. So yeah. 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 I, I like looking at them without that label. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. All right. So we have our normal judges. We have um, mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell I, and I want to point her out because Naomi looks like she's from the future via like some 90s movie, <laughs> some 90s steampunk movie where the future is steampunk slash we're on Mars. <laughs> she just looks oh, amazing. Um, so we have our normals. So our normal people and, and we have we we are missing some people. So we're missing Nicole Ricci and we're missing Corrine Reutfeld. Um, But we have our normals. We have Joseph Altazara. We have Naomi Campbell. And then we have a new judge, the most famous influencer on the planet with 17 million followers, Kiara Frangi. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know who she was? Uh, I only know about this person because um, when this person got married, um, their wedding was like, all over the place. I think Dior made like, I don't know, five custom outfits wow. for this person's wedding. And it was just all over the news. So I was like, oh, who's that? But I don't really pay attention to this person. Like I I was like, oh, it, I mean, actually when I, when I Googled this person, I was like, oh, that's the person who got married. <laughs> <laughs> and actually I didn't even Google the person. I, I went to the Instagram and I have to say that this uh, Kiara, is it Kiara? Kiara yeah, right? Kiara, Kiara mm-hmm. is the only person. She's from Milan, and she's the only person out of everybody who I found on Instagram who's actually posting about coronavirus. Wow! Everybody else is just posting about the show as if we still are living in this, as if we're having the most wonderful spring. Whoa! Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. So I find it very interesting that this. Kind of um, young. By the way, um, if I remember correctly, she's a law student. She's a former. She has a law degree or mm-hmm. something like that. Oh no, definitely a law degree. Um, I don't know if if um, Kiara ever practiced it, but became kind of an an internet phenomena. Mm-hmm. But this person does not do streetwear, so I was really surprised. I mean, oh, do they if they do streetwear, it's like super mainstream kind of like juicy you know that that label yeah juicy. yeah juicy it's like juicy couture. You know, i don't want to wear that i'm from la i know juicy what? oh okay okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know it better than me but i was really surprised i was like we have this 
judge, but it's streetwear. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. that's interesting because I honestly I I knew that we were getting a new judge in Tokyo, but for some reason I thought we were going to get her later, um, and perhaps and especially since we met Corinne Wartfell in in Paris, I thought we were going to get Kiara somewhere in Italy. <laughs> I don't know why. But I was like, oh, okay, so she will be representing Italy and we have Corinne for, for Paris and then we'll have someone else for Tokyo. That's just what I had assumed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was really surprised that aside from the Puma collab representative, we didn't have a like a Tokyo based judge. We didn't. And it's it's really strange because the person that they will will be working with was there. I mean, so just to set the scene, they're at the bottom of the escalators that we saw the designers come up in the very beginning of the episode. And um, it just kind of looks like people got off the subway and like walked over and are like, oh, what's this? I can't go up the escalator. I guess there's going to be a runway show. I'll stand here and watch. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so... <laughs> but that guy bucket hat like look at that oh, oh look at her who's that naomi camel oh. and so then uh but the i think uh it's like the head of puma japan like the or the head designer of puma japan is there and they just yeah. kind of pan to him he gets his own chiron it's his george ichikawa but that's it and he's in the audience he's standing i don't even think he's sitting <laughs> so, yeah um so yeah, no, I'm. Thank you for bringing that oh, up. That I, was kind of strange. I just want to say one thing. This yeah. to me, if this is like an Amazon show, an Amazon Japan, and there's no judge from from Tokyo, like this to me is like okay, something's off. Okay. <laughs> In terms of just like the relationship of the show mm. to the Japanese market, hmm. I, I don't know. Wait, I, I I'm just saying what I think. I'm not saying I I, I did not research this. It's just a little strange. I know you're I only find. speculating, but I feel like you have, you know, pulled a piece of thread that needs to be followed. I don't know. Because it <laughs> is strange. It's really weird. Especially, I, I, there's just so, it's, it, is, it is a fashion capital of the world. And especially if this is where a lot of the images are taken for their fashion, their online fashion market. Um, we don't have any, I, you know, this would be a great time to have someone from Amazon there at least maybe. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, anyway, so let's, let's get into it. We start off with some Japanese trap music. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I, you know, I just, oh, I was like, whoa, this is wow. Ja like trap music has made it to made it all around the world. Um, uh, I mean, and that's another thing. I feel like a lot of this streetwear stuff is referencing black culture. <laughs> we don't talk about that. But and so then um, we're going to start it off with this very, very much like uh, like a black art influence type deal in Japanese. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. All right. So first off, we have G1. Loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> loved it. I'm a big fan of G1. Same, same. I I believe. I, I trust her. I believe. And, you know, so this is this is an example. So we can describe the first outfit of this is her snappy snap. So she had a bunch of snaps on the pants. So it's transitional. You can snap off the bottom parts of it that are, are surrounding the shins and you can have 
pants and that turn into shorts. And then the same thing with the top where it's like a, it's a tank top, but then the sleeves snap on and you can snap them on and snap them off. And that's her, I think that's the runway look. And then the next look with the, with the, um, with her logo, which is her name is uh, mm-hmm. the, I think is the accessible look, but it's white, mostly white, also a two piece. Um, and yeah, and this, this is one of the feedbacks she got from, from Tim was to maybe switch it up to make it look a little bit more sportswear like rather than something that's matchy matchy, which is our favorite word. And yep. she went against Tim's, Tim's suggestions. And as they were coming down the escalator, we shoot backstage where she's watching the the monitor with Tim and Tim's like, you know what? You're right. I totally agree. I see why you wouldn't want to unmatch these things. I think having them match really is, I get it. I, I understand. So I just really, really yeah. love that. But your thoughts? I really liked it. I, I didn't get the hat on the second look, but um, I also am not a big fan of pockets over breasts. I always think that looks odd, mm. but I thought overall, great job on both looks. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really strange it like it juts out. Um, there are there's so many pockets, but I kind of liked how utilitarian this outfit was. You know, like you don't need a purse. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You know, if you're walking around Tokyo with, with your passport, you can, you know, instead of sticking stuff in your bra, you can, you know, just put it in that pocket in front of your bra. Um, <laughs> if you do wear a bra, yeah, and then, and then like <laughs> bump into it every time you move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, it's there. It's there. Is it there? It's there. I can feel it. Oh, that's my chapstick. Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. Um, Ready for Esther? Oh, are you ready for Esther? Oh, yes, I am. You know know what I was just thinking? I meant to say this earlier. Wasn't um, Kiara a judge on Project Runway? At some point. Ooh. Like a temporary one, like a guest, a guest or something. judge. I don't remember. That's awful. Uh, maybe I'm Do you wrong. Remember? Maybe it's just... I don't know. No, I don't remember. And I, I just... don't even know how to look it up. Yeah. But... So I'm also kind of thinking about how, how is it that I don't know who this person is? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know who this person is either. Or maybe, I mean, it's very, um, I think, I don't mean this in a negative way, but mm. lots of people can style their hair like that with blue eyes and blonde hair. You know, I could just be confusing. Yeah. With yeah, no, I yeah, totally get it. Like most likely she wasn't a judge, but but maybe she was because, you know, they love their influencers now. So yeah. uh, most likely. All right. So next we have Esther and I love this little exchange because Naomi looks at Heidi and goes, Heidi, is that a, is that hair? Oh, is it a hat? Is it hair? Or is it a hat? It's a hat. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. Cause if it were hair, then I don't think Naomi Campbell would love, love this look. Perhaps it was all based off of whether or not this was actually hair. But, um, so Esther, it's hard to see it from the cheat sheet because from the front, both of these looks are kind of sim- similar um, from I would say from the waist up, but the yeah. the outfit on the left is sort of, it has like bat wing sleeves in the back, 
it's it has like two sets of, of sleeves and it's like faux sleeves on the back that are kind of pleated in a way they're tucked under to look like like wings to me or no not like wings like like a cape I would say like a like a sweatshirt cape there's also a little bit of like leather lining on one side and it's cropped in the front and then it's like drop waist or drop crotch um pants and then on the second side it's um it's like a two-piece outfit that's a skirt and a and a top that's also kind of draped similarly in the back as well yeah. what did you think about these looks i thought they were so cool i just i so the the look on the left that has the sleeves coming out in the front and then this like, you know, sporty cape in the back, I thought was so interesting to look at. And the judges really liked it as well. You know, her logo was there. It's, it's just very, very subtle. Um, But for both of them, I just, I liked the back better. That's the only thing that is a little bit of, a little bit annoying about both of them. But I also think that's what makes them so wearable and so accessible is that um, there there are interesting details on the front, the way she's cut them uh, to almost look like they're wearing a jersey or a halter, like a backwards halter. Is that a halter? Shoot. Like a, like a, almost like Mm -hmm. a sports bra. They're wearing like a sports bra on the front. So I, 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 Esther, I think uses blacks so interestingly and her mixtures yeah. of materials. I am so impressed because I, I don't know how much she used her sewer, but she's got some skills and, and I, I, I just, I thought these pieces were great and I can't, I couldn't see them in a different color. I just couldn't. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there could have been like, you know, pink and orange on the second look. Hmm. Um, that that halter top oh. that could have been a, a duotone. In fact, that would be really Puma to do a duotone. Yeah, in that kind of thing. I actually really did like these looks. I would wear them as they are. I mean, except yeah. I don't have the one accessory one really needs to wear these things, which is some kind of like, uh, I don't know, non-flabby abs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have that accessory, and I'll never have it, and I don't care. <laughs> but um, aside from that, I. I really liked. The, I thought I thought Esther did a really great job. I think Esther already has a side of streetwear to Esther's brand, so yeah. I think this was probably nerve wracking, but appropriate and styled, impeccably for the challenge. I know and the it, styling so, was impressive. Was so good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say more about styling in a minute, but I thought this styling is the kind of styling that amplifies what was actually designed yeah i'll say that okay all right (laughs) (laughs) i feel like foreshadowing something all right um next we have sander (laughs) and (laughs) it's so funny i think is this the one where heidi was like i can't no 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 no, it's not the one sorry um so i'm getting the episodes mixed up so so sander comes down and uh the they can't tell they can't tell which is accessible which is the right way but yeah. sander's first look on the left is the kimono type top with a sunken neck so it's like the the shoulders are coming out of what the neck would have been and then the sleeves are way down so it's almost like her, she's her arms are pinned to her sides and there's a lot of like fishnet and um like shredded pants that go on the bottom I'm not really sure what this fabric is, though. Is that a brocade? Like, I what do is not that? know. 
Yeah, I don't know. Man, I wish I knew what kind of fabric this was. Um, and then on the right-hand side, it says a very bright magenta and red combination. It's just so great. So that's his print incorporated into like a button-down shirt that's weird. So on the back, it's just like kind of bulbous. <laughs> <laughs> and also, did you? Okay, I I want to know how Sander instructed his models to walk because they all look really creepy in a wonderful way. So the 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 accessible look, um, there is it the, like this fishnet um, on or not not fishnet? Is it like a Swiss dot? I don't know. It's like oh a, yeah, like, like a, a Swiss dot netting. Yes, yeah, a Swiss dot netting over the arms and it's kind of covering the face like someone's going to like a chic funeral and then on the bottom is looks what looks like a brocade in a color that's just slightly where the value is slightly more pink and more magenta and heavy and it's great i love it i think they're pants or culottes not not pants they're culottes i love this so much it brought me so much joy <laughs> yeah looking at them oh it was just great um, but understandable that it's it's not necessarily something that anyone necessarily would wear. But I that's what the judges say. But I kind of dis I disagree with the judges. I think that the the top. I think what he presented as uh, accessible was something that I can see walking down the street in Tokyo. I don't know. How I you agree. Felt about this. I agree. And also, I have to say. I couldn't tell which was the runway look and which was the the more marketable look from Esther's presentation. Yeah. Yes. They were very similar. Yes. I actually, agree. there there was not like a a large degree of difference. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So next we have Meg. I'm sorry, Johnny. Oh right, right. <laughs> Megan's below Sander. Whoops, sorry. Next we have Johnny. Yes, we do. And Johnny used the print. So I, I guess the first piece is the runway piece, the one where he used the print. And then there's also a lot of other stuff with Johnny's brand's name, which is SkinGraft. So they're, they're, SkinGraft is in the hats and SkinGraft is in the belt. And um, yeah, what, what do you think of this? You know, I thought so much of what makes this outfit striking is all in the styling. Hmm. Okay. It's like, oh, okay, there's fake tattoos here and there. Right. Um, and there's a see-through jacket. I don't under I don't under I don't understand that um chopstick hat. Mm-hmm. I know I, I saw that a while ago, like a long time ago, but I've never seen that like that was not a phenomena in the US that had staying power. So I'm not sure what that's about. I didn't really like it um but i also didn't see like what does that contribute to what did that add to the look what did that add to a streetwear statement um didn't get it (laughs) but i thought the styling here i thought this outfit was very uh i thought the pants were well made for the first look but i thought the styling was trying to compensate for decision other decisions Ooh, okay okay um can you say more about what was lacking in the styling or or how it was trying to overcompensate um well, okay first of all um 
I get the appeal of a see-through. I know Naomi said I would wear that head to toe. Mm-hmm. I thought the pants were nice. I especially thought if those pants had been like a waterproof fabric, genius. Hmm. Um, but just it's it's a hat with chopsticks coming out of it. It's a see-through jacket showing a sleeveless top, and then there's tattoos on the side, symmetrical taped on, I I don't know what they're called, just symmetrical temporary tattoos on Mm -hmm. the side, fine. But what do we really see? So I didn't, I thought the styling was relying on too much. I also didn't see like what is here to be manufactured. Mm -hmm. Because this is like three pieces styled, this is one, two, three, four, four pieces styled together. What's there to be manufactured? You know, yeah, yeah, for the challenge. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, did like the pants. I and you like both pairs of pants, or just one on the left? Um, I think the second pair was a. The, the, I, you know, I wear a lot of like drop crotch pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like the ones that uh, the second the second look I didn't like, only because it wouldn't look good on me. But I think it would look good on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I like them because of that. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't like the second look at all. I I thought it was pretty interesting to have this type of like cross top, like kimono inspired thing with a sporty collar. Um, But I'm not really impressed by sports finishings on things as being like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just was like, or an organza hoodie or an organza yeah. bomber jacket, I guess. It's very hard to make. It's expensive. It's only that's mostly the thing that I thought about that. I'm like, wow. Someone who would wear or an organza bomber jacket, wow. Super fancy. Um and the look on the right to me was just ill fitting. It didn't seem like it was well made. Um it didn't fit the model in a way that made me think of it as something that was interesting. I thought the proportions were strange and I didn't see why skin graft needed to be wrapped around his waist like that and yep. around his hat. Yep. And I thought the hats were just kind of like, I don't know. I'm like, it's, is it supposed to be funny? It, to me, it's, it's a little, I'm a little offended <laughs> by that styling up there. Cause mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. all right, there's a lot to be said about, a top knot, especially if you're in Japan and East Asian culture and what that all that kind of comes to and just like putting the chopsticks up there. It just felt like, um, you know, as opposed to something that, you know, we've been comparing it with, with Esther. I think Esther also was drawing from these, um, you know, that kind of hair, I can take it to like a, like an anime character or to cartoon or something that is, it's something, and I'm pretty sure that she was inspired by the the Monster Cafe, and that's probably where she she pulled that from, in terms of putting it in into like a costume concept. But I don't know. It just it felt like a costume, but not fashion in a way that was like, oh, this is what Johnny learned while he was here, or this is what Johnny is pulling from. Like, and you know, if you know, he went to a ramen cafe and just like really, really loved how these chopsticks were designed. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying like, it just felt like it was just a shot in the dark to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, you said it. 
All right. You said it. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to add. Like, I can rant all day. Um, so, but also want to recall that the last outfit, the pants are paperback pants. And Megan was also making paperback pants alongside Johnny. And mm. I've been thinking in the back of my head that a lot of the stuff that they're making, you know, they're inspired by each other. Sure, sure. But sometimes stuff that Johnny makes kind of, it looks a little, it, it's just like, it's, it's almost like I can do a one-to-one to something that someone did last challenge. Yes, I um, totally agree. Oh my God, yeah. great, good. I'm, I'm not delusional because I'm just like, mm, it no, fair. I don't know. <laughs> because here what? we have Megan who made her paperback pants and she made the shit out of these pants. I, you can't see the pants on, on the, the cheat sheet. I'm so sorry. You can't see the bottoms. The bottoms were my favorite part because they're oversized. This is on the look on the right which I think is the runway look they're oversized. And um, we've seen her do something like this before on the, 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 the group challenge, um, the, the collab challenge. And I think on the, yeah, just a collab where there are some like drawstrings at the bottom. And then, you know, the seven hour challenge, she made a similar version of those with elastic in the, in the top. But I just thought these pants were so big on this model, but they worked. I, in terms of proportion, I just thought they were, it was yeah. a really fun way of making these oversized cargo paperback pants. That's very street. I mean, yeah. I, I thought Megan nailed it. Same. I, you know. With, with the second look, with the second look. Yes. Yeah. The first look, you know, I don't mind how asymmetrical this skirt is. So in both looks, it, she made two prints and she made one that's um, it's white on black. And then she has another one that's black on white with the same types of, um, you know, shapes with with graphic lines through them or something. And, I, you know, OK, I love Megan, but these off the shoulder asymmetrical flowy tops. Yeah, I'm I'm OK if she never did that again. Um, so there's asymmetry up top, really huge sleeves uh, that are flowy and, you know, straps. And then this asymmetrical uh, skirt with like, 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 it's like a skirt. It's a skirt skirt. It's like a skirt skirt, mm -hmm. but um, almost, oh gosh, it's kind of a Victoria-esque, isn't it? Vict oh, interesting. Maybe. I, Cause I was trying to think, how do I describe this asymmetry? It's off the charts. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think about that? I wasn't really into it. I liked the print a lot, but I, I didn't like the skirt or the top, and I didn't like them individually or together. Yeah, and I didn't like the styling with, uh, like, the boots and the, um, it looks like, like, sports socks that are also graphic. Yeah. It's, like, black socks yeah, that, with that, a white uh, line. Yeah. Yeah. The second look I liked. The second look was so adorable. It was so good. I just... It was so good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Next. Time to move on we to have... Sabato. I'm um, Sabato. Why do I want to call him Sabato? Sabato. We went to Sabato. And so we all know that Sabato scrapped. Um, he divorced his fabric, um, even though he was in love. Like, they got a divorce. And Tim calls it out so we have two two dresses and one has a the first on the left has a hood 
but it also has like this neck piece. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's like, okay, a choker from the 90s and like a very shallow V. And then yeah. two slits on the side and then the front part has a drawstring. So it's like, you know, looks like a drawstring, kind of sporty. And then the second look is the is the first look that he, he made um, that mostly the seamstress worked on, which is, um, you know, dress long sleeves and a, a hood with some cutouts around the neck. Um, and pleats, or I would say like darts around the, the waist, maybe. <laughs> I... <laughs> I... It's really funny to see Kiara's face looking at this garment. She has this like <laughs> smear of disapproval that's like, that's what poor people in South Italy wear, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, she's, like, is that the word she does the eye flutter really quickly? Like, oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't, if you think about streetwear, you don't think about something like that. <laughs> no. No, not really. I, I, I really, so, you know, my, <laughs> um, my, uh, so, so Joseph Altazara is starting to talk more and it's like, everyone has these faces and he's like, I appreciate that <laughs> he took his DNA and kept it. And I was like, really, do you really appreciate that? You don't have to say nice things all the time, Joseph. It's fine. But even Joseph's face is like, ugh. <laughs> I, my face looks ugh, but I'm going to say nice things coming out of it. And Tim isn't happy. It's I think it's, this is why I love Tim. And, and Tim is very, very honest. He's like, what happened? Where is that textile that I really loved? And Sabato is like, it wasn't street. This is street. This is me. And Tim is like, I just want to let you know that that was my favorite look out of the entire design studio. <gasps> I no, know. It's like, you don't want to hear that. Ugh. I know. Yeah. That was hard and to see. Again, to hear this thing like, Oh, it's not me. This, this fabric is not me or this look is not me. I, I, it, it my dear, make it mm. yours. Yeah. That's what the challenge is. And one thing that keeps creeping up and, and that, Sabato or Sabato, I forget how to say it. That Sabato, Sabato picked up on it and mentioned what is streetwear. At one point, Sabato was questioning, well, mm -hmm. what does it mean to be street streetwear and where? Yeah. And for this kind of production, for this runway look that Sabato produced, I think there was so much fun to be had because every culture has a generation that was. Every culture has a generation. Every culture has a street culture, mm -hmm. and every culture specifically has a generation of people who are on the street and kind of become surveillance. Mm. <laughs> you know when, what I mean by that is, you can imagine walking through a small Mediterranean town, and there are, uh, you know, women wearing long, baggy black dresses mm -hmm. that are, you know, not sexy but kind of everyday, and they're just looking around and they're gossiping and they're watching what everybody does mm -hmm. and they're gossiping. And that's sort of like, you know, original surveillance and we all make jokes about it. But <laughs> so what does streetwear like 
there's so many ways to be inspired by streetwear. Like even you don't have to make a Harajaku um, visual jam. You can adapt that in many ways. And that Sabato just literally did nothing. Yeah. It's disappoint it's disappointing. Because yeah. even if you want to adapt your look to something that's sort of oh Italian streetwear, then do it in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that, you know what? No, yeah, the more you talk, the more I'm just like, oh, it's even more disappointing. Because I like those moments when, because it's a part of, I, I just like seeing seasoned designers who run ateliers and run, you know, even mm. though these are, uh, you know, on the scale of, of worldwide, like they're not worldwide brands, but they are these brands and they have a level of expertise that, um, you know, you don't really always get to see on Project Runway. And for him to go, well, let me sit here and think, what is streetwear? I'm just like, yeah, let's watch. I'm into that. I'm yeah. like, let's watch Sabato uh, figure this out for himself. Uh, you know, let's, you only have two days, but let's see how you make your way through it. And also, I would have loved to have seen what his interpretation of those, you know, those, those, like those small South Italian influences and maybe rural or something that isn't known to other people who don't really know Italian culture the way someone like him would know it. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, you know, street, there's a street in, in Italy, <laughs> the street there. I know. So but you, that's exactly what I'm, what I'm, yeah. where I'm trying to get to with this is like, you have, we all have seen this, the like Southern Italy babushka look, right? Mm. It's in, it's in Fellini movies. It's in commercials. It's all over the place. Sabato gives us this, like, you know, very ironed fabric babushka look. Hmm. And it's like, I don't, I'm lost. Yeah. (laughs) But, but again, it's just sad because, you know, no one wants to see, well, at least I don't want to see anyone fail. I I want to see someone at least learn something from what they put into, you know. Right. Um, But, yeah. So that's why it's just sad. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, rigid, very rigid, very yeah. unnecessarily rigid. But also kind of like draped in this very romantic talk around, and also in this in this very like romantic Italian accent too, you know, because it's mm. it's like it it is you have to see through all of that. And I I you know I'm you know again just wondering because it's it's so it's just a beautiful romanticized version of this rigidity that is just man. Anyway, I, we could talk all day long about that. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, okay. <laughs> let's yeah. go on to our last designer, and that's Renat. So yeah. this comes on down, and it is just like, it is a killer from the get-go. <laughs> Everyone loves this. So on the left side, we have, um, I would say, the the most inspired part or it's inspired by construction workers with this blue and there's it's two pieces a very interesting looking top that's a button down with a bunch of with a like a little silver plaid and uh like different types of plaids and solid blues an oversized pocket and just like oh wow it's just really great patterns put together here and then some floppy pants so he's <laughs> utilitarian pants a lot of um uh, like 
not chains, but it's a utilitarian vibe. So with these uh, like hooks on on them, am I am describing this right? I don't know. And then yeah. on the right side, there's a coat. So we see that Renat decided to face that coat, well, not with the same green looking like kind of digital camo, but with a blue pra- yeah. a blue and black plaid, or blue and navy blue plaid. So I was so happy to see this coat. Just so happy. The first look I know is the runway look. And the second look is the accessible look. Um, the thing is, is that, um, yeah, I think everyone is, is kind of surprised because it doesn't really look like anything Renat has ever presented before. Mm. And it's also that colorful, voluminous and kind of quirky patchwork put together stuff that I think that they were also kind of going for as well in terms of what they think. It just also seems like it it lives up to the expectations of the judges in terms of what they want to see as streetwear. Um, Also, they love the styling too. I think the styling is great. Yeah. So what did you think of this? Love the coat. I agree with you. I love the coat, but I was really struck by the fact that Renat goes through the district of Harajaku and is beguiled by a uniform. Mm. And I was just kind of struck by that. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, so you saw a uniform um, and that's what stood out to you. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, there, no, um, no, go ahead. Sorry. maybe I'm just I'm just too like enamored with the language, like the trying to make sense or, or make coherence from or, or not from kind of Harajaku kind of um, new approaches that to me, this felt very safe. It felt very um, just very safe, which is. There's nothing wrong with safe, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of appreciated her putting this into a structure of a uniform. Um, and just letting you listeners know, we're going to talk about the next episode on the next episode. <laughs> we're going to yes. get into that later. <laughs> Cause I think in terms of how we're not structured this design, whenever construction worker was mentioned, there were stock photos or stock footage of, Oh, a, a construction worker somewhere in in Asia, and it's like we never really got to see any organic footage of construction happening no. in Tokyo. So I was just like, oh, did they all run into? Because you know it's a city. Like, did they run into construction on the way to the um the amphitheater to meet Tim and Heidi, and that's where we're not got this inspiration from because it definitely wasn't shown in the district in in Harajuku. And so whenever Renat would mention that, I was like, is that an idea you already had in your head? And I've just been assuming, I'm just like, I, well, actually hoping that it was something that was, that, that, you know, was um, that, that they all came across maybe on some thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Renat's like, I've been thinking a lot about Japanese construction workers and their uniforms. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of feel as if, you know, you know, especially going venturing out so much from this, you know, interesting drapey thing that we're not done before, or you know, going between mm-hmm. draping and very 
I, I would say boringly cut clothes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just kind of like, I think this is a good strategy to keep, to ha- kind of like have something that was stable and, um, that already had, you know, talk about rules already had like some rules to it and then go from there and just kind of patchwork it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. So that's the end of the runway. That is. And, and who won the runway? Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, let's go to the firing squad oh. real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> I know. I know. Like we were going on for a while. Um, no, we could, we could just like go to the firing squad uh, really quickly <laughs> because they do something, they do something really different here. So first thing they do, they, they call out Sander. Sander gets to sit, doesn't have to come up, but they are like, Sander, we want to talk to you, but stay there. You didn't win. You didn't lose, but we love your looks, but uh, you have to give us something more sellable next time. So you've been warned. Yeah. And then they call up Renat. They talk to Renat. Renat shares her inspiration, how they were drawn to this anti-fashion statement and the <laughs> Japanese construction worker. Um, and then they ask, we're not to stay there. And then they call up Johnny and Johnny and Renata are confused. They're like, uh, are you talking to both of us? Like, why are we sitting here side by side? What's happening? And they tell Johnny to talk about his inspiration and whatever. Also, I, and I, and I want to point this out because I don't know if you remember this. Cause I'm like, did I hear this right? Johnny says something like it's, you know, it's always been my dream to come to Tokyo and like wear mm-hmm. streetwear. Yeah. Did he say yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, what? <laughs> That's always been your dream to come to Tokyo and wear streetwear. Wear I don't it. know. It, I, I share that dream. Wait, really? <laughs> I mean, why not? Like, it's okay. not my only dream, but it's like, wow, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. So maybe, maybe it's not my it's not my professional dream. It's just something <laughs> like, wow, that'd be so cool. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll be less judgmental about it because I was like, Johnny, you know exactly what to say to these judges. Like, you're so good at talking. That's that yes. was just my my initial impression it, of that. I think there's a lot of like appeasement that Johnny is exceptional at. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm just getting vibes from Johnny. Getting some yeah. vibes, you know. Um. Anyway, so you know they love both of their outfits, and then they go down the line. They're like, so judges. Have you changed your minds? And no one's changed their mind. So, Patricia, who's winning this episode and gets to do a collaboration with Puma? Uh, Renat. Yeah. It's Renat. It's Renat's first win. It's exciting for Renat. I know. I immediately went to the website to see about this coat, and it was already sold out. (laughs) Oh, I don't like this. I I'm hoping that they make more, but I understand right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and they have to shift production in certain ways. But, um, I'm, I don't know. I'm just like, how, how is this going to work out? This is just not enough. Did they have six jackets? Six? Anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Next, we well, talk- but if six no, people ahead. are watching, if six people are watching this show, that's one hundred percent sold out. You know. <laughs> okay, I guess the metrics there are <laughs> phenomenal. I get it. I just, it's so funny because um, 
So, so I think it's, I think it's Renat or whoever won the last episode that outfit sold. Oh yes. Johnny, Johnny's outfit sold out and it's got like two stars, but it's two stars because like eight people gave five stars on Amazon. And then like, a million people gave one star because like, I can't buy it sold out. Like they, oh. they have no stars because <laughs> people are rating Amazon low. And like, That's... it, it kind of makes the garment look bad, but everyone loves the garment. Like everyone who's worn it, like, Oh my God, it looks so cute. And then other, everyone else is like one star. I couldn't get it. It was sold out. <laughs> I can't wear it. <laughs> bad rating. <laughs> Give it a one. Um, all right. So, and then before we go, we, we, uh, we have to say goodbye to someone. So we have a couple of people who are on the bubble and yeah. first up is Esther. And I, I didn't agree with this cause I didn't think that she was, uh, you know, well, I guess like comparatively, uh, you know, perhaps a, a lowish score, but, um, Esther can consp- explains like how she twisted the structure of what she normally does and kept her brand to be architectural, but played around with these sleeves and Heidi and almost everyone else was like, yeah, I would just wish you could have done a little bit of color. And even Naomi was like, there should be some color in that. Um, Cause you've got to think about your customer first and not everyone can do just all black. Um, let's see. Also, I think there is an, an interesting thing that uh, Joseph said where he was like, there's going to be a time when or there were times like when I've had to question whether or not I had to compromise my vision for my business. And sometimes the answer was yes. And sometimes that mm-hmm. answer was no. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's fascinating to me um, to kind of like yeah. dig into because Esther's clearly struggling here with how to expand or how to think in terms of something that would be more where she's being told that if you do this, it will be more accessible to a larger audience. So, yeah. Yeah. That was hard. Next is Sabato. Yeah. But you know what? Can I say something? Oh, I, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know why they were so hard on Esther for not using color hmm. because I actually agreed with Esther. It should be Esther's choice to yes. use when to use color. If, and if it's right for that vision and, I don't understand why anybody on this on this panel on this judging panel is acting like they've never heard of Yoji Yamamoto. Ooh, I mean, all black on black most of the time, streetwear, more and than streetwear. Also, but, sounds Japanese, but I don't want to. I don't want to assume. I believe it is. I, I yes. Okay. Definitely, I'm going to look it up right now because I don't want to make that mistake. Oh my um, gosh. But yes, I think that person is a literally a Japanese designer yeah um yeah to- absolutely japanese established in tokyo and paris oh. so yeah. i don't understand what's wrong with black on black streetwear there's a- that already is a thing and i'm sure you see it in japan just because the sort of dominant global understanding of harajaku is one thing doesn't mean there isn't other or there aren't other Arajaku subcultures, I'm sh- there's like plenty. So why are they asking for this? Um, what, 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 um, uh, oh, oh what's, I, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. But it's almost like they're, oh, they're asking for this conformity huh. that is completely irrelevant to the yeah. challenge. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I, but, but, I totally agree. But the, conform, but the conformist kind of won the prize. So, 
this to me is interesting to just notice. Hmm. Cause you know, I, you know, I've been thinking of, and I thought about it in this episode and it's, and it has been because we just came off of a season of project runway where someone was allowed to stay very true to themselves to the point of copying, you know, of, of like, I would say cloning, you know, that, that, like every, or copy and pasting, like every, so Victoria from Moldova, you know, like her, she was praised and lauded for having a strong aesthetic and got to the point where, and I've been rethinking, like, of course she would, of course I would think of getting to fashion week. If I've been told that I've got a, I've got a look like that's so strong, you know, perhaps we could rethink about, Victoria deserving or having earned putting her logo all over <laughs> all over all of her stuff um, and how the typical approach to someone like Victoria would have been like, oh, I've seen this before. You need to change it up and switch it up. And I think that's sort of the old Project Runway DNA being put onto Esther and it doesn't belong here. I think that's also oh, what's happening where it's like that's it, interesting. Yeah, because I'm like, this feels familiar, but it, it also feels inappropriate. <laughs> In the sense that we're working with someone who has made a name for themselves and has been quite successful in all black. And also, yeah. And I think, I think you're totally right. If you're going, if you're thinking about this idea of a brand and thinking of someone like I'm on Yoji Yamamoto's website right now. And there's like Mm. a black mask, a black leather (laughs) mask. And I don't think that has anything to do with the pandemic, but sold out. It's a leather mask. So it has nothing to do with the pandemic. You can't, please don't wear this to the grocery store, but I mean, you could, but it's almost summer. It's, I think it's warm for a leather mask, but you know, it's like. Not in Antarctica. uh, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although that's the only continent that does not have the coronavirus right now. So it's unfortunate. Like you can wear it there. So just in case it's not, it's, you know, who knows? The year is young. So Corona could still make it to Antarctica anyway. But I, I agree. I, I, I do feel I, I agree with you. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying. But just thinking, it makes me rethink of how this is what I wish they had told Victoria because I think she needed it. And I, and I think that she was a strong enough designer to give them something that's a little bit different. And Esther is giving them things that are different. Like she answered the call of the challenge with sportswear. It just yeah. happened to be black. Absolutely. And it was textured, like, did a lot of things did uh, put a lot of yeah. thought into it yes you know execution impeccable yeah um totally agree oh man so, yeah, anyway I, I thought like why are they harping on color now like yeah. no um anyway <sighs> yeah so so patricia yes um out of the two <laughs> esther and sabato who is the one that ends up going home well, it's always sad to see someone go, but uh, Sabato does go. Yeah, does go. he goes. It's got it got really emotional. Um, Naomi has tears in her eyes. Do you think they were real? <laughs> you know what? I, I so mean. Listen, I, I I think I happen to really enjoy Naomi's um, comments. Mm. I I don't think she gives a hoot so yeah i think they were real <laughs> yeah i mean i was i was i don't know why i do this it's awful i was like analyzing her tears i'm like do they look real to me like where it's, did someone just like dab them on and but okay but i will say um she so naomi was so 
honest, like didn't like either dress, knew that she was outnumbered, but I think genuinely loved Sabato and so did Heidi. And if we have like a Naomi versus Heidi approach to this where Heidi is kind of cold, not in an unloving way. I think I think Heidi is very shrewd. Like it's a very shrewd coldness where it's like, well, you didn't make the cut. Because mm-hmm. you didn't do anything that's good. All right, I love you, but bye. And then Naomi, I think, is a, a little bit more affected by these goodbyes. And I think Sabato leaving was, it was sad for me, too. Like, I, I enjoy having him on the show, even though, <laughs> you know, this this was a frustrating episode to watch. But um I just, I just like it. And, and I, and I, you could kind of tell that everyone else was squirming as he was speaking about himself. Cause I think they, it's getting to the point where it's really emotional and, and, uh, and sad to see people go. And also Tim was affected as well. Just really upset as well. You know, it's, it's, yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And you know what? I do think that Naomi's tears are real, but I don't know why she's crying. Is it really because Sabato is leaving or because Naomi didn't get her way? (laughs) (laughs) It could be a combo of both. (laughs) It could be a combo of both. But I also think that Naomi um, also likes what Sabato can do and and probably wanted to see more. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I second that. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh man, this was a sad one, <laughs> but congratulations to Renat, and yeah. yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of this episode five. Patricia, before we go, do you have mm. anything to share with our listeners? And then, can you remind them how they can find you? Mm, I can be found um, on. Actually, I've been hanging out in the uh, workroom. Instagram account, so you can find me there. But I also have my own <laughs> um, um, sense and sight, common sense and optical sight. I'm not there as much, um, but I, I do have that account. Um, and that's it. Yay! And I have nothing to share either. We're just, you know, just in quarantine. We're uh, social distancing still and flattening the curve in New York City. So you can find me on all of the social mediums at Ernez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E and on my website, ErnezDavis.com. Uh, visit on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Workroom and on Instagram at The Workroom Podcast. We're also on Patreon. Again, thank you so much to those of you who have become our new patrons. Um, it's a way to support our podcast and visit the link it's also in the show notes um and you can get more information there and uh yeah stay tuned because we will be releasing episode our our take on episode six very soon thank you to amazon for your double duty (laughs) two episodes of friday it's so great it's also kind of like whoa you know i can't you know we tried to get through we you know we did we like we got through episode one and two but i you know it's like the, the episode three and four with Naylan was like, no, we got to do two. Sorry. Yeah. So it's yeah. Better. Yeah. It's, it's of, better. Yeah, it is. It's, it's much more fun. Okay. All right. So that's it from us until very, very soon. We will both say sayonara and goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs>